Episode 7 of the AQ Diff. Uh, we, after an expected, you know, one-week hiatus, uh, unfortunately we had some recording issues last week that ended up throwing off our plans by a week or so. Did you say expected hiatus? <laughs> and then unexpected. There you go. We did have an expected hiatus over spring break, but this was an unexpected That's true. hiatus. Yeah, um, we're going to be a little, a little spaced out these next few weeks, though. Just because of whack. Potentially... But we might have a very special episode coming next week, but we can talk about that next week. True. Next week, next week. Uh-huh, next week. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> episode 8. Episode 8. Episode 8. Episode 9. No, episode 8. Episode 8 and 9 are going to be really special. True. True. Every episode is special here. Anyway. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Will. Armor class. And I am Steve, a.k.a. Stevenator. How we didn't use last names. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Uh, and with that extremely awkward intro out of the way, uh, we have kind of a weekly match report, but also not really. It's more of a end of the season report. Uh, I'll just, I'll just jump right into it. So for Rocket League, no matches, uh, our seasons are officially over for Rocket League. And so we'll be going over the official, like final records of both of the rosters, uh, later on in the show. But for now, I'm just going to leave it at that. We didn't have any particular matches to report on over the past two weeks. Um, for Overwatch, we also had no matches, but, uh, their season isn't quite over over yet because, uh, the WAC playoffs, which you mentioned in the intro are going to be happening on April 9th and 10th, um, in person at, at Aquinas college and, uh, and Overwatch playoffs specifically are going to be happening on the 9th. Mm-hmm. League is on the 10th and it's $5 admissions. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for anybody who might be in the area and is interested in it attending it's going to be happening at our our Sturis sports facility uh hosted in the gym it's going to be live it's going to be cool um but then that gets us into our two actual matches that we had in the past two weeks the first of which is uh for the smash team ending their season strong with an eight to zero win versus albion college uh you guys can't see this but will's doing like a tiny little like golf clap (laughs) it's progress it's nice to see yeah i mean they 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 ended their season five and four, despite our first three episodes basically being like, the Smash team lost awfully today. The Smash team lost not quite as bad as last time, but they lost again. And then the third one was like, the Smash team barely, barely lost yeah. this time. So they started zero three and managed to turn it around. Pretty nice by them. Mm-hmm. And then for uh, for League, I remember in our last recording of the podcast, I was basically I made like a super ego claim where I was like. Well, by the time that this episode comes out, we will have defeated Indiana Tech. We haven't played them yet. We're playing them in a few hours, but we will have beaten them. And then we didn't even end up playing them at all. It ended up being a forfeit win. Yeah. Like, there was even, like, through all the rescheduling that we did at the start of the season, they were like, oh, by the way, we can't do that day <laughs> because of something happening. <laughs> and then we were just like, all right, we take those. Yeah. See you in playoffs. See ya. <laughs> uh, and then we managed to pick up uh, in our last game of the regular season a 2-0 win over Lawrence Tech, which uh, I got to play in. Which you got to play in, and I, as a perfect segue, that's actually our first highlight match, with which I'll let you in specific talk a little yeah, bit more about. Yeah, so that was our fourth actually played game, because mm-hmm. we played four games and had a forfeit. Yep. And so I split time with Travis, technically, so now on our listings on like 
uh, Lawpedia, I'm now registered as a main support with Travis. Really? <laughs> yeah. You're not even registered as a sub? No, I'm not registered as sub top lane. It's it's Brett is top, and then, you know, Evan, you, Morgan, and then it says there's two supports. It's me and Travis. It, it literally is like, update, William Wolf, or William Armor Class Wolf changed to support, and then it's just a six-man roster. So over, for context, like, Will is traditionally a top laner, but over our four games of the regular season in WAC, Travis had to be gone for two of them? So Will just subbed in, so now you're, you're like, officially quote-unquote like in, in the eyes of riot and sea lol i'm legit just a support player now i'm a deathless support player though <laughs> well, which will which we'll get to later because i'm gonna let you talk a little bit more about that because mm-hmm. i think it's hilarious that you're making that claim um do you want so how, how did our actual games like versus lawrence tech so the, we, we went to an o but yeah the first game was pretty a pretty big smash game two is where it got sketchy because we did a a 5v5 level one rumba that i started and everyone died except for me i was on galio and i taunted their whole team pretty or like three out of five of their members mm-hmm. and i just ran away <laughs> and then you ran away I ran away like a rat like three of us died and we we're like uh-oh that's the sloppiest start we've had so far but the first game i think might have been actually our fastest game overall i think or at least close to we ended at like yeah. 16 minutes which yeah. is which is pretty on which par. has been pretty streamlined yeah um, but yeah, then the second game had a very rocky start, but we managed to turn it around. It, it never really felt like we were out of control, even though we were like four kills down at the beginning. I remember. Yeah, it was four <laughs> kills down at the start and there was like a 3-0 Heimer that was walking in mid lane and yeah. you're just like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, the, their, their mid laner was like 3-0 and starting the game. And I remember Evan or something was like, can we do anything to Heimerdinger? Like he, he deals a lot of damage, right? And I was like, I'm going to level with you. He doesn't deal damage. I don't know how. Like, he has three kills. He got 900 gold at level one. He still does absolutely nothing. Yeah. It just, I don't know. It feels like things are very controlled, and I think it's a good look going into playoffs for sure. I mean, we end the season, the regular season 5-0. and oh, We didn't drop a game, right? I, I would remember if we dropped a game. Yeah, no. Like every, every series was a 2-0. Every series and every was series was a best of three. So. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence Tech was the other 4-0 and zero team in our conference. Their second think, seed now going into the WAC Finals. Mm-hmm. I think holistically, uh, Indiana Tech and Lawrence Tech are like the... Ones to look out are for. The, are the two biggest threats because Indiana Tech we never actually played since we got our forfeit win. That's true. And my understanding is that they fielded their roster pretty late into the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. So a lot of their losses during the regular season were as a result of forfeits. Yep. So we'll have to see. Um, for the second highlight match, uh, the final smash match of uh of the season eight and no win versus albion college which i could double check but i'm actually pretty sure how poetic is this i'm pretty sure we started our season with an 0 to 8 loss i think you're right it was either 08 or 07 it was yeah, close it was, it was clo- something it was up close there to it. so basically we ended the season with as crushing of a victory or with as convincing of a victory as the season started with a crushing defeat which i think is super poetic we don't make it to playoffs unfortunately so that's the the end of the season uh, but big, I got to give big shout outs to Jack who like Jack had a relatively rough start to the semester in terms of like playing on the team and stuff. Uh, he was struggling to take stocks in our earlier crew battles, but Jack in the last uh, match versus Albion college took eight stocks and only Jamal and Jack actually played, which I think is very funny because our, like they are our two um, like youngest players mm-hmm. in terms of like what year they're in. So like Tim and uh, Tim and Christian, who are two of our stronger players, um, they're both seniors, aren't they? They're both they're both seniors. Or Christian, I think is one of them junior. Yeah, I think Christian's I think a junior, junior and then Tim senior. is graduating. Yeah. Uh, after this semester. 
Um, so even though they don't make playoffs, uh, I'm super proud of super proud of the guys for basically clawing back their season to end with a positive record after starting zero to three. They had to go on like a three game win streak, uh, and and had they started as strong as they finished, I think they definitely would have made it into playoffs. So yeah. it, it's good vibes for next season, I think. Mm-hmm. It's still nice. Just I mean, finishing with a positive record is always a good feeling. Yeah. Like making playoffs just suck, but like. When you're, you know, have more wins than losses, you're like, I tried. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we were getting better when we were getting there, yeah. and we know how to get there next time. It's all about improvement, right? Exactly. I want to say though, I feel like I had a role to play in Jack's success because I think I made him angry with the improv show. Oh God. Do you want? Do you even want to? So, I will briefly put Will on blast because I refuse to let you tell this story from your perspective because you will rewrite history. I don't know what you're talking about. Let me see. Every story requires a good villain, and I'm a great villain. <laughs> So there is there is an uh, an improv troupe on campus that basically the the AQE sports program just decided hey we're gonna like all go to this improv show there were like ten to fifteen of us there mm-hmm. uh, like attending in person and the funniest part was that Jack who plays on the Smash team was is actually part of that improv troupe so when he was up doing a skit on stage Will this absolute <laughs> jackass <laughs> sorry if we have to censor that but really. <laughs> Um, well, you got to give context. So they were doing a bit where they had to pick majors for the acting, uh, you know, They were doing like a fake dating show. Yeah, basically. like a fake like, dating like show. A dating and everyone show got a, a major for there. And the person that was going to be guessing that had to go out while we gave suggestions. Mm-hmm. And I shouted near the top of my lungs that Jack needs to go into esports management. And, he... and everyone, everyone like holistically looked at, looked at, uh, Will and was just like, you are the worst. And Will was just, you know, old man laughing in the corner. He was like, "If I will embarrass all of you collectively. And then the funniest part was that the way that Jack played the skit basically ended up just being like flaming just, Jamal the entire time, who was Jamal. also in the crowd. <laughs> it was hilarious. I oh, wish we, had a, we need an overall quote page because I just remember Jack saying, like, you know, waking up from 8 a.m. and playing Destiny 2 until 4 a.m. And Jamal and, and looks and over was... and just goes, that's rookie numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked at Jamal and I'm like, Jamal, you're, you're, you're catching stray shots, bro. You got to get out of here. You're caught in the crossfire right now. <laughs> oh, man. I think I just made him angry. I told him I owed him ice cream at some point. Well, with that, uh, we can actually jump into, I mean, that was a piece of miscellaneous news, uh, to, to be fair, but we can jump into, you know, our actual scheduled miscellaneous news section, uh, which I think I'm going to let you start off because I hate talking about myself and I refuse to talk about myself in this particular That's case. fair. So if you follow us on our Twitters as well as our personals, um, you may have seen that Steve actually did hit Challenger. Wow. Which, like, round of applause, everybody. If you're at home, I recommend clapping. Huge achievement. The first challenger for Aquinas, which is huge. Uh-huh. Uh, we even talked about this before the podcast that uh, our previous director, who I will not name his name again, <laughs> because we bring it up every time, every single time, every podcast. Adam Antor. It's Adam. So, <laughs> But Adam made a joke that, like, we can't get better than our best player, which at the time, Steve was, I think, Diamond 3 or Diamond 2. Yeah, like Diamond 3. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, everybody started hitting Masters, and, chal- and now Steve Challenger. Which, for those of you who don't play League, if you're not familiar, there are about, like, a little over a million players registered on the North American mm-hmm. servers, and Challenger equals top 300 yep. on the server. So it's a constantly, like, influx moving rank. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grandmaster is top 1,000, and then Challenger is top 300. So, I mean, at the time of recording this podcast, I have not been in Challenger for multiple days because that's just yeah. the nature of it. But, but hitting it is still an achievement it itself. Is, yeah. 
Do you get the Challenger jacket or backpack now? I wish. They don't make those anymore. They don't do that anymore? I don't even know if I get the Golden Recall, which is the part that I've been looking forward to the most. I think you might have to end in Challenger. That makes There's sense. There's plenty of time to do yeah. so. Um, other league-related news. Uh, you'll notice that a large portion of this news is, is league-related for whatever reason uh, this week. So we have our our first league announced signing uh, for going into next year, which is Ethan Chung. Uh, I believe his in-game name is... I'm going to botch the pronunciation because I still need to ask him about it, but it's either like Vithio or like Vitheo. I don't know. It's interesting because I think there's a European like LEC player that has the exact same name. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he pronounces it the same or different. He's from Portland, Oregon. He's a uh, Masters Plus AD carry player, which I mean, I guess we didn't have enough of those already. <laughs> oh, we had so many. AD season junglers are apparently in abundance. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Because we started this year with three junglers and now it's looking like going into next year we might have We also two have three, three ADCs. ADCs. Yeah, we also had three ADCs. That's yeah. true. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 excited to get to know him, get him on board. Our mm-hmm. our league roster for next year is looking just as strong as our roster this year, so mm-hmm. it's looking like we're not going to be a one year wonder unless everyone suddenly leaves or is injured. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you want to keep up to date on news about signings for any of our programs as well, make sure you're following us on Twitter. We'll we'll plug the the handle and all that at the end. Mm-hmm. But after that, and we talked about this earlier already, <laughs> but the deathless armor class. <laughs> I, I the immortal. So the funny context is that in our in our like document where I put our like podcast planning, I wrote it so sarcastically. I, I put know. it like in all caps. Will death deathless in the WAC conference with like three question marks because you you only played for two of the four games, which that's is still, still four matches. That's still four matches, so it is genuinely and off roll and off roll on on engaged. Go in and die tanks. So I'll admit, it is it is genuinely impressive that Will was uh, able to go Deathlets. It's funny because it was your first time ever playing in C-Lol, I'm pretty sure. Which, yeah. <laughs> which, funnily enough, in this particular episode, we'll actually be able to talk about why that is later on. That's because true. I feel like we've been talking about yeah, this Yeah, we've like hinted at it a little bit. Yeah, we've been like leaving breadcrumbs, but now we'll actually get to talk uh-huh. about the story of why you haven't played in C-Lol until now. Uh-huh. But yeah. Because I, I remember Coach showing, like, there was, like, a Sea Law stats website or something like that. And I just remember going to, like, team, like, uh, like special stats or whatever. And it was, like, armor class, zero deaths. And I went, yes. <laughs> and then and then you went to Coach Log and you were, like, you got to put this on Twitter. you got to make a graphic he was it. He, like, begrudgingly like, rolled said, his eyes fine. And he's, like, fine, I'll make a post for it. <laughs> I was excited. So as a final recap, this is, you know, outside of talking about the WAC playoffs, uh, this is this is our final record for the regular seasons across all games. So Rocket League Varsity uh, went 2-7 in NACE Midwest 1 um, and 1-5 and in NECC Challengers Red with an overall record of 3-12 across their 15 matches over two leagues. Rocket League Academy went 3-2 in NACE Challenger and 3-2 and in NECC Emergence Red, going 6-4 overall over their 10 games. Uh, our Overwatch team went 3-5 and five in Blizzard Collegiate with the caveat that some of those were d- disqualification losses. Um, and then 4-1 and one in WAC with an overall record of 7-6, and six, uh, a winning record across their two leagues. And they still have playoffs yet to go. And then Smash went 5-4 and four in their NACE uh, crew battles. Uh, and then League went 5-0 and oh in WAC with one of those victories being from uh, disqualification. And obviously we have WAC playoffs coming, off, coming up next weekend as well. Yeah. So overall, I mean, winning records for the majority of the teams across the board. Rocket League uh, Varsity had a pretty rough season, but that's also partially because we've talked about it before. They've been kind of switching players in and out, looking for the winning combination, and it's mm-hmm. never easy to find a consistent 
performance uh, when other teams are just keeping the same three members and building that kind of synergy. So I have high hopes for, for every team next year. I think, you know, all things considered, we had strong records this uh, this year and this semester, and we're losing a few players. We have a few graduating seniors, but the bulk majority of our program is sticking around for at least another year. Yeah. And you could kind of say it's an excuse that I'm about to say, but I don't really think it is. Like having a directorless program feels rough. Like, yeah. I think I think that took the toll on some people. I think we did have Shane during that time as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Shane went out with us to uh, to Hugh Fest. Yeah. yeah. But still, like, even then, having someone that's able to, like, guide people a little bit makes things a little little nicer. Mm-hmm. It makes everything a little bit easier. It, it makes it so everyone, instead of focusing on, like, five different things, like, you can just go into practice and focus on getting yeah. better. And, that, and that's your, like, prime directive. Whereas when there isn't a director, people are having to kind of pick up jobs uh, across the board. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're through – we're we're through the forest. We've now. gotten we've gotten past the dark ages. Yeah, the, and now and now we're entering the golden age of Aquinas esports. Fingers oh, crossed. Fingers crossed. I mean, it's definitely a golden age if if we're producing a podcast. You know. That's true. That's true. It is. <laughs> it is in fact. It is in fact a plus one added from last year. <laughs> well, speaking uh, of Rocket League, uh, it's time to bring on our guest for the episode. Uh, we have here with us. I, I'm going to do the thing where I read out uh, – we've never had this happen yet, uh, but I doubt it will be the last time. I'm going to do the thing where I read out your first name, then your screen name, then your last name, so it's going to sound funny. So we have Hunter Benzing Benzing here. <laughs> I wonder where your screen name come, comes from. We'll have to get to that question later to figure out. <laughs> it's a really deep, really complicated, very convoluted <laughs> question. That's a did, did name you get that like, goes way back. In did time. you get like a think tank group together and just kind of like brainstorm over like months? And <laughs> Pulled months? names out of a hat. Exactly. They all said Benzing on them. <laughs> I had yeah, I had a lot of years to like pick my screen name. Gone through a lot recently, <laughs> but you know, I, I think Benzing just sounds clean. It's very unique. I haven't met another person with that name. <laughs> that's true. That's fair, and that's and that's all that's important at the end of the day is that you don't get any copycats. So, Benzing, this is my background. Of course, as usual, I do the best research I can have. But uh, as a as a caveat, usually I use the signing articles of like when people join the program. But you are you have actually been around in the program for so long that I could not find a signing article for you. Yeah, I was at Aquinas before we yeah. even had any. Yeah, you were you program. were one of the original walk-ons, which is really hype. So, from what I do have, uh, Benzing is a senior at Aquinas and a member of the uh, Rocket League Academy roster that had all things considered a pretty solid season. Uh, overall uh benzing is one of the in quotation marks old men of the program having been here for as long as the program has been around as you just said you were here at aquinas before we had the program and then you know you walked on with the initial roster um at that point in time Mm -hmm. and and you've been here ever since yeah so, so what are we? We're like three years into the program. I, I should be the one. Like 2019, huh? 2019 was the inaugural year. It feels so like yeah, it's been longer years. with how like I feel like you've done a good job becoming a pretty established program in such a short time. Yeah, not only yeah, and like you were saying, it feels like a long time because I joined on in 2019 as a shoutcaster for league, mm-hmm. and so it's nice seeing the program adapt and evolve the way it has. Uh, speaking of which, we get into my first question directed specifically towards you, Benzing. Which is, <laughs> Benzing's giving me like a surprise face right now. <laughs> Did you guys surprise Pikachu? There you go. Um, so what ways have you seen the program, and by extension yourself, uh, grow over the time that you've been here, since you've been here, you know, since the beginning? 
Oh, man. <laughs> you don't have to do them all, but at least, like, some of the ones that stick out in your mind. No, I've definitely seen, like... It's easiest to say I've, like, seen myself grow as an esports player. Like, started, like, very first semester, didn't even make tryouts, so I had to be a caster. <laughs> and then due to, like, circumstantial events of people leaving, got pulled up to the lower team oh so you had the powder route too yeah because so, because our first guest mm-hmm. on this podcast was colin uh yeah, and, and he was basically like yeah i wasn't even good enough to make the rocket league team mm-hmm. at first so they just pulled me on as a caster was it you and him casting yeah, together yeah uh colin and i were definitely co-casters together that's godlike and then <laughs> i got pulled up to the academy team and then got pulled up to the varsity team and now or as of last semester went back to academy but that's just fine uh, how I've seen the program change, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not one of the guys who's in the lab much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely become more of like a community within esports. The first two years, it seemed pretty divisive between like games. Mm-hmm. Like the league people stuck to the league people. Overwatch stuck to Overwatch. Rocket League stuck to Rocket League. Yeah, there Smash wasn't much intermingling there. between yeah. the teams. And then I would say ever since we got that new director that there's just been a lot of push for more engagement with Aquinas as a whole. So, like, going to different events and doing so has kind of really brought AQ Esports together. Yeah. So I've just seen the program here really mature, kind of make a statement, basically. Um, I would say, like, even people who aren't, like, on the Esports team now are aware that Aquinas has one and, like, aware of like where they stand in Michigan like how we stand up to like smaller colleges and how we stand up to like U of M, MSU, all that. Yeah, way bigger colleges that yeah. we have no right to stand up to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so personally like what has your since you're you're in your senior year, you know, you're basically knocking on the door. Um, death store? Not, not the, death store. No, that's not what I meant. We're not that old. Oh, I'm only 26, <laughs> man. I meant. I meant knocking on the door of, you know, uh, exiting knock, Aquinas. Knock, knocking on heaven's door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, think I, I think I have an idea of what our promotional clip might be this week. <laughs> so what has your path been uh, during college? What has that been like? And is there anything you'd like to tell, you know, young incoming college students who are either in the esports program or not in the esports program, just in general? Uh, uh, is there any, like, general tips that you would like to give to those students? And I see you nodding your head, so I'll let you get into it. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I actually did go to college right out of high school terrible mistake don't recommend it i recommend for sure at least taking a year get your stuff figured out you have to find out what you really are passionate about life like what your passion is where you want to put your career and for most i i don't even see that being really like a possible thing in your first one or two years but basically sit down talk with yourself get to know yourself what is the change you want to see in the world and what are the necessary steps that you need to take to start doing that Mm -hmm. Uh, when it comes to kind of like a career path as like a student and in esports i I don't know the proper word for that like as a student athlete in esports um i would say 
the games you're playing aren't as important as you think there are. There's definitely a lot more to the college experience than just esports, even if that's like the team you're on. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm not going to get a job because I played well in Rocket League. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get like into a better position because if you're going to college for esports, most likely you're going to wind up with a scholarship. Yeah. And that'll take away a lot of the stress that college has on people, the finances mm-hmm. of it. So. You know, you're you're not gonna get a career opportunity because you play well. And conversely, uh, you're not. They're not gonna look at your resume and be like, "This is great and all," but, I mean, did you see how you played during that one <laughs> tournament like two years ago? I was watching. Yeah, imagine like I saw you run it down. Like you actually <laughs> scored on your own team five times. Like we can't accept that we, here. We, we That's against that company kind of, policy. <laughs> <laughs> That's against company policy. We we don't agree with that. But yeah, I mean, I actually had a discussion with, this is kind of going on like a mini tangent, but I, I love what you just said because I had a discussion with, um, well, I think you're familiar. Do you know Paul's friend, Brandon, hmm? who he's, he's like a tennis player at Aquinas, mm-hmm. uh, but, but he knows a lot of the esports people because he's good yeah. friends with one of our former teammates. And I found him on campus and I had like a pretty lengthy, like 25 minute discussion with him. And we talked about how there is nothing more sad. And this applies to, he said, there are people who are in the tennis program like this. This isn't just an esports thing, but I think it's far more common in esports than in other uh, sports on campus. But there's nothing that makes us more sad than seeing students who come in and they have no regard for their academics. They have no care for anything else on college. They just come into the lab. They play all the time. They skip classes or they go to their classes and don't pay attention. They don't submit assignments. And their core goal is literally just to play their game and be as good at it as possible. And as someone who has recently hit Challenger, so I feel somewhat entitled to speak on this, I have hit Challenger re- like very recently after trying for a long time for like 10 years, and my life has never been in a more balanced spot than it has been during the time where I've ranked up. A lot of very good things have happened in my life to make it a lot more balanced and give me a lot more things to do outside of just going to the lab and playing League for 10 hours a day. And as a result, I immediately started seeing improvement in my own gameplay. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's how it should be. It's like esports comes second. Mm-hmm. You go into esports because you're good at it and it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. Make sure you have like stuff that... like makes you a better human set out first and then you will see that translate and transition into your gameplay mm-hmm. and it just makes everything way better yeah wise advice from from old man benzing i, I i'm very I, I love that i i love the answer that we got from you on that one uh so normally this is the part where i ask people where their screen name comes from but you already kind of answered that and i answered it by saying it's literally <laughs> just your last name oh it's more than that Oh, oh, really? Okay, I'll let you get into that then. That's no, it's just not. my last name. <laughs> I just but like how it sounds. My follow-up question is, has that always been your screen name, or did you start with something like Xbox era, like, you know, XX underscore Benzing? Yeah, so my first ever gamer tag, like, oh, the first time I really got experience into, like, multiplayer games, if we're going to take away the 2006 RuneScape. <laughs> well, 2006 RuneScape, I still had a pretty egotistical name. It was Retina345. It was just Hunter backwards in that 345. <laughs> if, it, if it means anything, I was also playing RuneScape at the time, and mine was just William Wolf 6 because I was 6 years old when I made my account. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would say, like, my first real screen name was Jumpmaster. It was capital J, lowercase u. Capital M. Oh, no. oh you had the SpongeBob font. <laughs> <Case A. laughs> Five. 
T3R. Oh, wow. Because Halo 2 was the game I was obsessed with. I was a big Halo game. Halo was so fun. Did you have, like, LAN parties and all that? I did. I did, too. I think I was, like, in seventh grade at the time. One of my birthday parties was at this place. It's no longer around. It was called Eden. Mm -hmm. It was just a basic place in Granville where they had a whole bunch of Xboxes set up to do LAN parties. And Mm -hmm. we just played Halo all day. We would do that on weekends. We had a pretty big basement, so my brother would have all of his buddies over, so they'd bring their Xboxes, and we'd just play Halo 2 until, like, 6 in the morning. Oh, I feel so young. <laughs> I Halo barely, two, I Halo barely two, missed the cutoff for, like, the LAN parties. Halo age. 2 LAN parties were, like, something <laughs> so wonderful to experience. It's ethereal. It, yeah. <laughs> because, like, there's nothing more, like, fulfilling than playing, like, zombie mode. And, like, you get the one guy that's surviving and you can see him pop out of nowhere, point, and just, like, mouth some very obscene things at you. <laughs> and okay, then you all eat pizza later. I, I, I gotta ask... Our consistent question and the question that I love hearing varying answers for from everyone we've had on so far. What is your single most memorable experience so far from competing in esports at Aquinas? My. (laughs) I have one for the program, and that was like the very first semester Mm -hmm. when Aquinas was up against, I think it was Florida Southern when they were uh, in NACE to go to land there. But I was casting with powder and just the huge amount of yelling we had when they like scored the game five goal to go to land like everyone just jumped up we were screaming we went to i think i think it was the previous director's car just had a bottle of like sparkling juice we shook it up popped it recorded (laughs) video it's up in the lab still and everyone signed it so that's been like my most memorable memorable event of aquinas for me personally and mine, it was when I finally hit brand champ in 3v3. Like, uh, it had to be, had to be, I think, two years ago. And it came up in my Snapchat memories. And, like, I just watch it and I hear, like, my voice so shake. It's like, oh my god, it's finally here. And, like, I'm almost crying. I'm almost tearing up because it had been such a hard grind. Hard grind. Yeah. Like, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but, like, it's not that easy for me to get good at video games. <laughs> so it, it took a lot of energy and just the let's go. Like the, <laughs> the moment it's like, I finally did it. Cause at the time there was no SSL. I had right. finally, so it was hit, the highest rank. Of I the game. finally hit the highest rank of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know how that feels at all. Uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut up. Close your mouth. Sit in the corner. In the I'm already in the corner. No, no, yeah, but face the corner. Put a penny. In, okay, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna put a penny against your nose and against the wall. You have to stay like that for a minute. If the penny drops, you reset the timer. Well, just because you're old enough to be my dad doesn't mean you can act like it. I don't think. I think I can. For dad. context, Will is <laughs> huh? literally only two years older than me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I treat him like he's old because me and Will are technically academically in the same. Uh, in the same. Well, not technically. Grade. We are in the same academic group. We're just different ages. Yeah, we're just different ages. <laughs> I took a nice few years of gap, and I think they're a great idea. Although mm-hmm. I did also the same thing. I went to college, and I was like, I hate this. Because <laughs> I, went and to I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I went to GRCC, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that seems like a great time then uh, to talk about. A topic that we have been sitting on since the very first episode. It's been on our list of topics for a very long time, and it lets us finally delve into one of the most interesting stories uh, that that you know both me and Will have perspectives on the same uh, 
you know, thing happening, uh, which is having this discussion about academics and how they loop in with esports. So just beforehand, I want to set the credentials because I actually think that of all the topics we've talked about, I think we have like the best panel of three people who are qualified to talk about this particular thing in like a long time. So personally, like I currently have the highest GPA in the program. Um, I just got my first 4.0 last semester, which was huge for me personally. Um, Benzing was right behind me until I got my grade updated last second. It actually looked like Benzing had me beat out on this. Uh, so you had, I think, like a 3.8, 3.7, right? That was for the semester. I had a 3.95 for the semester. Dang. But overall, still, oh, we can go into this. <laughs> the Rocket League people know this. So right now, I'm chilling at a good old 3.498. <laughs> 0. 0.002 away from cum laude honors mm -hmm. they won't give me my cords for it 0.002 away really just round up <laughs> yeah but yeah but still strong strong academically yeah still and and you know on the little graphic that we had like uh, about like academic excellence or whatever that coach long put out at the end of last semester you were you were right underneath uh like number two mm -hmm. so uh, and then Will has a little bit more of a nuanced uh, thing, yeah. which if you want to get into this longer story yeah. now, I'll just let you go off on I can talk about it. So, like I said, I went to GRCC my first like semester after high school, or after graduating high school, which was back in 2017. So I went to GRCC for a semester. I did, I did fine. I had like B's, but I really did not enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So skip forward to 2019 fall. No, 2020 fall. 2020, yeah. 2020 fall. That's where Steve and I both come in as freshmen. And I absolutely just flop when it comes to grade. I mean, I was below a two for GPA. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I was below a two. Did you know this? I didn't. Yeah. It's not something I talk about often because it's not like it's not like I'm proud of it. Yeah. But coming into the spring semester of 2021, I think I finished with a 3.75. Let's go, baby. Or something like that. Yeah. Adam messaged me at the time and he goes. First off, people don't usually get grades that high. And secondly, I've never seen someone bounce back that hard. <laughs> yeah, you like doubled your GPA yeah, for a while. I literally did. <laughs> He's just like, what What happened? And I was like, honestly, like I, I had an academic advisor, which she was super helpful. Mm -hmm. And I was just figuring things out with my life. Like the fall, like I had a job that I hated because I was working at a supermarket as a cashier. And they were scheduling me for times where I had classes. Mm -hmm. which I gave them my schedule and then I would get yelled at for not going to work, even though that was their fault. Mm -hmm. And so I finally just stopped going to work, which is really, you know, really crappy to do, but like they weren't willing to work with me at all. And I was telling them like, Hey, I have classes. Like I can't do this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we talked earlier that this is my first appearance in sea law because I actually did not meet the academic requirement to compete in esports at the time. Yeah. So funnily enough, you were, so this like, honestly, uh, with everything good that we talk about with the league program uh, this year, all of that is accentuated by the fact that our year last year was hell during this Yeah, period. it was Because bad. not only was Will ineligible from academics, but we had another player who was ineligible due to toxicity reasons. So he got flagged by Riot and was not allowed to play in our season. And we were both main roster. Yeah, and they were both main roster. So we had to play with two substitutes as a result. And, you know, if the answer is no here, that's completely fine. But Will, for you personally, do you feel like 
your inability to participate in esports is another thing that kind of motivated you to get better grades? I felt like I let everyone down. Like, that was a big thing for me. And, like, I think that's what helped me move into the role, like, the joking role, if you will, of old man. Because, like, I feel like I'm much more of a dependable person this year than I was last. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm here on campus. Like, I'm being active. Like, I have a good job now that, that I'm happy, like, I'm happy with. Although I will have an announcement about that soon, mm-hmm. about a different job change. But, like, I've been figuring things out and trying to uh, look at more internally and figure out, like, these are relationships that I want to keep. And I want to make sure that I'm not letting my team down again. Like, so I've been, like, on the ball when it comes to, like, making sure our scrims are set up. Like, mm-hmm. I've been trying to keep, like, we can even talk about this. Last year, like, I could not get out of plat. I was so stuck. I was so stuck. And like even Evan, our jungler, going into this semester was starting to put games in top lane and then have Brett jungle potentially like that he was going to try to do it and see if that was an avenue. Uh-huh. And then I shot up to Diamond 2 on a new on a fresh account that I made and I was like I'm just going to relearn the role and just try it again. And I shot up to Diamond 2 and I'm still in Diamond. Uh-huh. And like my motivation definitely comes from my friends. Like, like all jokes my aside, are like, my power. yeah, exactly. Like all jokes <laughs> aside, like my friends are my power. Like, and I hate, I hate letting people down. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when I give them my word on something. Like, because your word is everything. Like, it's. I know people say actions speak louder than words, but like when you give someone your word, it's the action that follow that is the important part. Mm-hmm. And so, with academics, like I was like if I want to actually have a future, like this is my chance. Yeah. And I shouldn't say actually have a future, but like, this is something that I want to pursue that I enjoy that I want to focus on. And I want to get smarter. I want to get better. And I had this kind of uh, revelation back in middle school. Like I was a really bad student. Like I, I skipped a lot of classes. Like I did not go to school a lot. And then finally, like I did really well on our advanced math class and got put in advanced math in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And then I started getting really good grades. And like I ended, you know, graduated high school with like the, tassels or whatever that they give you for certain G, uh, gpa requirements mm-hmm. and so when i absolutely dropped the ball i was like i can't do that like i want a degree i want a good job i want to make i want to make good money i want to be able to like set myself up for a future because like i do plan on eventually hopefully having kids you know meeting someone all that stuff mm-hmm. but i want to also have a job that i like lo- i love working at yeah like and i've worked in warehouses i've worked in delivery all that stuff and like I hate that. It, it it is it is soul sucking work for me. Like you know, for people that love it, go for it. But for me, that that killed me on the inside. Like working at Amazon, like I was I was just like slowly dying working there. It was it was sapping your life energy. Yeah, it really was. And so like when I dropped the ball, I was like, I gotta pick it up. Like I gotta I gotta be the person that I wanna that I wanna see in ten years. You know, mm-hmm. like because. I don't know if, how many people speak with career advisors, but they're like, what are your goals in a year, two years, five years, 10 years, stuff like that. And I'm always like, I want to have my own place. I want to be well off, save money, have a good car. I ha- like, I want to be able to be comfortable. Yeah. I, I think like at the end of the day, like, you know, uh, I think that I, I have a lot of like respect for the fact that I myself uh, am able to maintain a high GPA. But, uh, like, I hope, first and foremost, that if people are going to look up to someone uh, as, like, a pillar of what to do, like, academically while also managing esports, I hope that they look up to you, Will, and not to me. Because, to be entirely honest, like, 
I've never struggled academically. Yeah. I've always put more of a focus on academics. So coming to college and maintaining a high GPA while doing esports has just been more of the same for me. Mm -hmm. But to me, like your story exemplifies more likely what I think a lot of esports yeah. students are going to go through, where they have this period of it's maybe not as easy to manage academics and esports mm -hmm. as I thought, or my academics are dropping and I and I'm now ineligible for the game that I want to yeah. play, so I need to turn this around. And I think that that's far more realistic. And the fact that you were able to turn it around and now have one of the highest GPAs in the program in general is something that's extremely impressive to me. And I think it's it's something that needs to inspire other people, and it's a story that other people need to hear. Uh, well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like. So I, I guess, like, I'll give my old man wisdom then real quick. Like, honestly, use your resources, people. Like, I know I was forced into having an academic advisor, but having someone, like, like a shoulder to cry on that, like, knew the situation was super nice. Mm -hmm. Like, someone that I could just talk. Like, I even told her, like, oh, like, I went on a date. Like, I, I was that, like, close with my academic advisor because I trusted her so much. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I seriously recommend, like, if you have, like, like therapists that you can talk to on campus if you're struggling – like go to them or talk to advisor, talk to like, um, like my current advisor for my major. Like I stayed after class and talked to him for a good 10, 15 minutes, just about like how things are going life and all that stuff. And it infinitely makes things better. Like having that connection with people that want to see you succeed. They're there to help you. Like teachers aren't there to like give you homework to make you fail. They're there to make sure that like you are understanding material. So that way they can send you off to the next class because college is tiered, mm -hmm. you know, with classes, they want to make sure that you are set up for the success in the next class. Mm -hmm. And so just use your resources. Like that is the biggest thing. And I, I come from a pretty poor family. Like I, I work, you know, near 30 hours a week, try to keep up with esports and do academics. But like at the end of the day, like it helps so much to just talk about it with someone. Mm -hmm. Benzing, you got any, you got any, you know, follow up comments? Will's just a savant with his words. He hit on he hit on every point that like I would have brought up. Definitely, you got to use your resources, and I think a big part of using those resources is to really understand why are you actually enrolled in college? Yeah. What are you here for? What is your end goal? Are academics going to be something that are necessary to get to the next step? Is grad school going to be a part of it? Mm -hmm. Is is like esports going to need to be a part of it? Like, are people going on to be a director for that? Yeah. Um, and I think for the vast majority of people, they're going to find that the answer is yes. Academics at least play some sort yeah. of part in what they want to do long term. Mm -hmm. uh, and just you know, this is not the most controversial opinion, but I think that there is a little bit of controversy in it. But I have I hold the honest belief that if you are going into college and going on an esports scholarship, and the the forefront your primary plan is i am going to play professionally in esports i think you need to do a little bit of thinking and a little bit of talking and and try to find a different primary plan and make playing professionally your fallback plan the type it's the type of thing where if you get good enough and you find that opportunity by all means go for it but i think that for a lot of people they're putting that as their primary plan and they zone so far in on it that they don't have a secondary plan and when they inevitably uh, that puts a lot of pressure on you because when you're not reaching your game-based goals that means that the fact that you're dropping the ball in academics becomes that much more of a stressor right and it kind of feeds into itself and then neither things are going well so i think you know just having finding that balance and you know like benzing said like finding out 
what you want to do and how academics contribute to that is really important. And I, I'm going to name drop him for the second time this episode, and I name drop him every single episode, but I want to give a lot of credit to Adam Antor and encourage every other director who might be listening to this to make it a point to make your esports program culture heavily invested in the academic side of things. Because um, both Adam and Coach Long actually are both very adamant about putting academics first and making what needs to happen with academics happen before there's any sort of you know esports discussion to be had and i think that that's something that needs to come from the director and needs to come from inside the program with the players as well yeah i 100 percent agree like to like add on to it if you have a bunch of kids that are doing super well academically that's a lot of intelligent people now in one room like people that are very spaced out when it comes to majors mm -hmm. and if you're trying to improve your program they are literally your selling point yeah like i'm business admin communication you, are you still doing you're still english major correct yeah i'm doing english major with a minor in communication yeah and then benzine what's psychology. your major psychology yeah so we but we also have graphic design people in the program yeah exactly we have people who are doing yeah we have other communication design history yeah. all that stuff we have music people exactly like Evan, evan's a big proponent of that he's he's music and so we all if we're all giving 110% and we're all doing fantastic academically, like we have the greatest resources in ourselves and each other to help grow the program the way we want it to be. Mm -hmm. And we will have the force and numbers just to propel ourselves to the next stage that we want to get to. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean, you know, case in point, like take it, take it from the three people who have had different journeys and are at different points of their college experiences like academics are important just trust us on this one even if you don't like school find something that you can be passionate about and find an avenue that you can enjoy college through and be passionate about it to the point where your grades don't suffer as a result yeah and if um, i can add one more thing okay. into helping people get better grades make sure to love yourself first yeah so if you look at your friend and they're struggling of course you're going to want to help like help them study be like hey man we can like meet up at a coffee shop but i think that's like another thing that i always want to like make sure everyone is very mindful and very aware of just how much self-love and self-compassion go if you want to see your friends succeed you got to see yourself succeed first mm -hmm. well wise said words <laughs> yeah wise words from wise men an older individual and the only reason i say that once again uh is so that i can do a garbage segue into our next topic and final topic of the episode, which is the age-old but um discussion uh, in esports of how much does age matter? Because a lot. I will start by saying that in the LCS, which is the North American Competitive League of Legends league, you are hard pressed to find a player that is over the age of 30. It's basically if you hit the age of 30, or even if you're like 28 or something, they're like, all right, all right. You've served your time, now get out of here and we're going to pull in some 18-year-old rookie. And it's to the point where there are players who are like 22 and 23 and these are really talented like challenger players and they're like, no organization wants to take me because I'm just too old, I guess, to develop. And that is absurd in my opinion, but I'm interested to see what you guys say on that front. I guess I've never really thought about it much of like orgs wanting to pick people up or if they really actually do discriminate on age based on like can we sell this player? Like, is he a good face for our organization? I think people growing up today, I don't know what the average listener's age is here. Yeah. But let, let's go with like 
just starting off college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People who are just starting off college now have it so well. <laughs> People who are like <laughs> yeah. just getting into middle school, just getting into high school, they've got it off so well when it comes to esports. Mm-hmm. Like for me growing up, it was literally just like it, it was still kind of like one of those shameful things. Like, oh, yeah. you, you you just play video games. There was, I mean, there were pro scenes, but it wasn't anywhere talked about and now it's like you got middle schools doing like esports boot camps you got middle school programs high school programs there's even like amateur programs that are just getting schools connected to them and being like hey you can send your kids here for like daycare camp and all that stuff and like oh we'll talk about esports and like the trajectory of it and all that stuff there's an acceptance that wasn't there before yeah which lets players get started a lot earlier yeah Mm -hmm. like when i was in high school like we tried to do one for like so my school did trimesters Mm -hmm. so three sects and then it bombed within like three, four weeks. And like the school was like, you can use the name, but we're not supporting anything about it. Like you have to go, like you can go home and you like play in your computer and all that setup and all that. But like, we don't care. Like, like unless we see like value in this, we're not going to help out. Mm-hmm. And so now it's so different. Like we had LOL here to play Overwatch last Sunday. Yeah. Like which that's... is, which is a, a high school that's yeah. pretty local to the area. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Like, Rockford, which is also another high school, like, they also had the invitation to come play here. Like, it's so crazy. Kentwood now, which is where Travis comes from, Mm -hmm. like, they have a program. They've had a program since 2019. They actually played in Rift Clash with the Aquinas League of Legends team at the time and competed against, like, MSU and all those guys. Like, they were early on that. What you're saying is great, Will, Uh and I don't want to take away from it. I do want to kind of refocus the discussion on this core question in this core issue is like how much of a factor is age actually because there are there is some definite like recruitment discrimination going on from like professional organizations on you know how how old is this player can we really develop this player like uh there, there's types of things where players are quote unquote retiring from esports in like their late 20s or their early 30s and stuff like that I wish I came a little bit more well-armed with some knowledge of this conversation. <laughs> I've, I've literally but been like, Googling pro ages right now. <laughs> the thing I wanted to bring up is like reaction time and neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. How quickly can people learn new mechanics, new skills, all that stuff? Ooh, that's psycho- I love this psychology spin. That, that I love the word neuroplasticity. That, I mean, that's just, just essentially what it is. How quickly can you make these pathways in your brain to recognize patterns mm-hmm. and to basically set up these responses to stimuli like Mm -hmm. you see this happens so you got to do this and that is something that is incredibly advantageous for younger participants and now that there's also more additional resources and acceptance out there they are able to start molding their mind into like a true professional apex predator player yeah Mm -hmm. so i i think on that part alone that it is huge like you definitely pick up skills a lot earlier or like you pick them up easier the earlier you do it kind of like you've probably heard the saying like it's a lot harder to learn an instrument as an adult it's yeah. the same thing with games and so it's the same thing with uh, languages actually as well true i've heard languages are much harder to learn when you're an adult when, as opposed to when you're a kid i mean it's like when you see like the greatest players of anything uh-huh. uh like any sport or even just the greatest people of literally any area of study Mm -hmm. uh these are people who started extremely young like you see these people who have been you know studying x things since they were five years old or stuff like that and i think another thing when you like 
also look into the esports organizations and the people they want to pick up. Mm-hmm. You also got to keep in mind who is the audience for these organizations. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of younger people too watching and they want role models that are closer to their age to kind of like say like we can develop people to bring more people to our fan base mm-hmm. and in a way to like sell merch to them. Yeah. So that's kind of where I see like the image of an organization why they like have limits of like player age that they'll bring on so let me bring the the business major into this then (laughs) so then we call that longevity right of a player (laughs) so when you're doing that like you want to bring these younger people in because like you said it relates but you can build that person into a brand of their own like that person is now a valuable resource especially if you can mold them into a really good player as an apex predator player as you were describing like if you make that person good you have now just like it's like TSM, so if you play League of Legends, it's like TSM with Bjergsen. Bjergsen has been like a top competitor for years and years. The man was like an, a super selling point for the, the organization itself and a star player. And now they lost him because of internal problems. Yeah, that and, I'm not and their discuss. organization is de- declining majorly. Yeah. But like when you're able to bring these players on, train them in the ways to make sure that they have this pattern recognition and just keep themselves at the top of their game. Mm -hmm. Like that is such a valuable, it's an asset at that point. And you don't want to lose assets in business because that, you know, decreases funds, money and all that stuff. It's the idea that every org is looking for a franchise player and you would be hard pressed to find a franchise player, uh, above a certain age, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, let, let me take my, uh, English major, uh, perspective on it which means that i'm just going to take exactly what you two just said and then put it in fancy words no i'm kidding <laughs> My words uh, fancy not, not, a, not about what i would do if i was taking an english major perspective on it but uh i'm not going to do that instead i'm going to offer up a counterpoint mm-hmm. uh or two of them actually mm-hmm. uh which is the issue of leadership and the issue of maturity i agree with everything you guys have said thus far about if you're looking to find this star player and develop them into something special and build a brand about them and and build your your organization around them i realistically think that age is a huge factor and i think that things to do with neuroplasticity and uh reaction time affect your ability to actually play the game at the tippity top level for sure what i will say is that um, one of, I think the oldest player in the LCS right now, that's, this is an unsubstantiated claim, but I know he's close, is Afromu. He's 29. Who's a support player, so a very low mechanic intensity role, but a very high leadership and playmaking, like, uh, verbal role. Mm-hmm. And so basically, for years, he's been ba- bouncing around teams and serving as the core to build around as far as he can guide young rookies. Mm-hmm. Uh, or players who are not as comfortable with the leadership side of the game to victories because of his strong voice and his knowledge of the game and the fact that he's been around for so long. And I think that that is something that is extremely valuable. And I think for anyone who intends to play for a long time and is starting to get a little bit older, to move into that kind of leadership perspective instead of focusing so much on the mechanical side might be an extremely smart place to go. Secondarily, I think that there's this issue of maturity and experience that has to be talked about. I don't know if this is just me because I've always been a player who struggles with my own personal mental in games, but when I was 16 flying around the United States competing in Brawlhalla, there were multiple people who would go on record saying that I was one of the most like mechanically and like skill-based like talented players playing the game at the time. But the problem 
was that I had no idea how to manage my own emotions. I would crack under pressure and get extremely nervous. And when I would lose, I would take me a long time to bounce back and really, you know, learn from my losses. And that's something that I didn't really learn how to do until I was 19 or 20. Um, and so my argument is essentially that you are going to have to put a lot of work into these players who are younger and don't and aren't as well versed in those mental skills. And there's a big... I think advantage to picking up players who have already been through those points either in their gaming based journeys or in other areas of life because we've already talked about how challenging college or academics or being in the workforce can be uh, and you get these players who have actually experienced more like adult like real world situations and built up those mental skills as a, as a result and so you'll need a lot less maintenance to turn those players into competent mature and leadership type players to work with. Those are my two counterpoints as to why age shouldn't be as much of a factor, and these players at the very least have a niche to fill, if not being as good generalists as the rest of the younger players. Hmm. Thoughts? I do enjoy those counterpoints, and I kind of want to like pick apart something you just said. Okay. How you said everything about what you just said is why it shouldn't matter, mm -hmm. but you're making a point for why it still matters, but in the opposite direction. But in the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just try to like, cause I wanted to come back and be like, well, I'm, I'm a rocket league guy. So I just think about rocket league and it's like <laughs> so fast paced that there's no, like t no area for level headedness. Mm -hmm. But then like, I look at it and I'm like, Oh God, there's turbo pulsa. He's the, like, I think he's five time world champ. Now he has the most wins out of everyone. And he's been moved from team to team. Longest player in RLCS there from season one. Mm-hmm. And I'm just seeing, like, everything you're saying, like, he's not the most mechanical, but he is the most, like, level-headed. Mm -hmm. And so it's like... He, he might not make the highlight plays, but he somehow always is on a winning roster. I wonder how that is. So yeah. is that then the development that organizations need to go into in building a team, is that they should have a mixture of students and teachers? And you I, know? I think so. I think that would be a great Because, like, to go uh, another league reference, uh, do you remember back when Dignitas, Aphromoon, Johnson... Johnson was a rookie, but Johnson like was literally 17. Yeah, literally 17 years old coming on stage, and him and Aphromoo were discussing. Aphromoo pretty much played StarCraft with the kid. Like, <laughs> like he just micromanaged the guy, or uh, macro-managed him, and he just did micro. Yeah. Or Johnson did micro, and just took care of that. that was my wallet, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I just dropped something. But yeah, so I think there is an idea that, and it, it has to be game to game, because mm -hmm. there's no way I could speak for Rocket League or Overwatch yeah. or any of those other games. But I think that you do need to have the mixture of old and, and new, just so that way, because the way that I think that a lot of people try to look at being a parent is that I want a better life for my kid. And so when you're an older older player, you want a better life for the rookies, so that way they can have an easier time and get into the next position that they need to, because they are your teammate and you want them to succeed. And I think um, like my final my final point that I really have on this discussion is basically this idea of I love these words uh, and I. I I don't think they're as like esports buzzwords as some other words that I've heard, but I love the word like tangibles and intangibles. So tangibles, you see a lot of like tangible benefits from rookies, young players. You can look at their stats and say this player is objectively extremely strong uh, stats-wise. They make highlight plays, um, and they're young, which means they have a lot of room to develop. 
And then with older players, I think you see a lot, or I suppose you don't see, because that's what intangible means. Yeah. You see a lot of intangible benefits, which is basically like these are strong leaders. These are the type of players where when your team is at its breaking point mm -hmm. and you take a rough loss, these are the players that are going to rally the team and bring everyone back into the right headspace and really act as that cornerstone for your team. And I think that balancing those tangibles and intangibles, those young and old players, is what should happen in the future of esports. And I know this isn't as much of a collegiate discussion, but there is still an element of that because you, I think you're going to see more and more players who come from professional never got a college education. And then they're like, Hey guys, I'm 30 and I want to get my college education now. Like which esports program wants to bring me on? And I think it would be super awesome if you see an esports team. Think about this. You, you, could, you don't see this in any other college sports. You see an esports team. That's like a 19 year old incoming freshman playing with, and also incoming freshman, but he's like 30 and coming off of playing in a professional league. How cool would that be? That'd be awesome. That's like when we had scrims against Quas. Yeah, who was like a he he played pro league in like season four, and then Will got to play against this guy in like a collegiate match, and it's like, why is he here? <laughs> I was just like, oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> I was like, this is hype, but I'm about to get ruined. <laughs> well, I mean, I think unless unless you guys have any final comments to add on i think that about sums up our our two discussions for the episode i think this was like one of the heavier detailed but less emotional pieces we've had mm -hmm. but i feel like like i said i feel like it's been like one of the most like detail oriented that we've had yeah because i think there's so many ways we could still talk about this mm -hmm. but my god i just yeah, i've got uh, a few more thoughts but it would probably yeah, make the yeah i just have, run for like, well, like another 20 minutes yeah exactly <laughs> so. like i just have though i like there's so many like even bring it up to like the buzzwords like mm -hmm. you could start arguing so many different like value points for players when it comes to like starting like even having people like in, in, in academy rosters as well helping out with main roster mm -hmm. like even then like people can learn from both teams like a and b teams yeah and ugh, There's it's just too so much. much it's too much to talk about it's too much to talk about <laughs> And who knows, maybe we'll record a uh, a bonus episode with Benzing where, where, where he can go on his 20-minute tangent about all these additional thoughts that he has. But for now, uh, we're pretty much at, you know, our usual episode time. Uh, and so uh, without further ado, as always, uh, follow us on Twitter at Aquinas Esports, on Instagram. Uh, Twitch. The, huh? Twitch. Twitch uh, at Aquinas Esports. Use the hashtag AQDIF if you want to talk about the episode. We'll always be looking through that. Always mm -hmm. be responding if we see any tweets in specific. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Stevenator546. Follow me at High Armor Class. Don't follow me on any socials. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the first person to reject it. I only have social media so my mom can message me. She doesn't have a cell phone. <laughs> oh, I was about to ask. I was like, doesn't she have your phone number? That makes more sense, though. Do you use, like, Facebook Messenger or something like that? That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Facebook I actually absolutely goaded. love that response to <laughs> me giving you an opportunity to plug your social media. Well, then that'll do it uh, for Episode 7 of AQ Diff. Catch us back presumably next week. Um, Hopefully. Uh, but even if not next week, then... And definitely the week after for when we can talk about the WAC finals, which, again, if you're in the area, if you want to come, it's $5 admission. It's going to be hosted at the Sturris Esports Facility in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's going to be in person. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be awesome. Yep, $5 admissions, and I think we're also streaming it if you're not able to make it. Yep. But yeah, no, it's going to be exciting. Twitch chat. Sa yep, Affirmation, Aquinas Esports, Saturday Overwatch, Sunday League of Legends. Have a good one. All right, peace out, everyone.